When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Welcome to the end of our week. It's the end of our week. We're, uh, well, not really because we end our week with the Saturday show, which is tomorrow live where we're going to talk real money and you can actually call us live at 855-935-TALK. But this is the multicast, the combo cast, the all kinds of cast, the podcast, the video cast, the Tom and Don cast, the uh, cast of thousands. And we are here to talk about a subject a really important subject, one that gets covered once in a while, but can't be discussed enough because it is the source of great angst, well, and great losses. Uh, it is the battle between consumers, financial consumers, investors, and Wall Street. And it is not a, a, a game you should be playing. It's not a battle that you can win. And Tom and I, Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, that is Tom Cock in his Seattle room. Hi. The pictures everywhere. I Thank think you. it's to, so he can remember who his family is. Uh, <laughs> Remind myself when I start to who forget. Who are those people? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember them. Um, we to get last week. Was it last week? Yeah, it was, it was. last week. Yeah. Last week. Tom watched the movie Margin Call, which I had never seen. I'd seen it before, just for the record, several times. I watched and it again. Tom, Tom likes to watch movies over and over and over oh, that again. That one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. I watch a movie one time unless it's one of two movies, 2001, A Space Odyssey and Being There with Peter Sellers. Ooh. Oh my gosh. That's a great movie. Anyway, we both watched the movie because it has some wonderful lessons. I mean, really this movie, albeit a fictional account of the 2007-2008 financial crisis, fictional account. Mm. It's a, a really interesting and relatively accurate depiction of what was happening in the big trading houses, the big investment banks on Wall Street, Tom. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. And by the way, it is now, the reason I saw it is it popped up on Netflix. So I go down to do my workout. I'd see what's on there. So if you want to watch it, and you have Netflix. It's easy it's to watch. Very yeah. available. And I think it's a fairly well-made film. It was very low budget, um, even though uh, the actor formerly known as Kevin Spacey was in it. Jeremy, I uh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, very Jeremy good. Jeremy Irons. He plays the... He, he plays, plays Scar. He played Scar in The Lion King. He, he plays John Told. Told. Do you get T -U -H -T -U -L -D. it? T-U-H-T-U-L-D. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, people aren't going to get no. that unless they know. I, yeah, because. The, the former CEO yeah. of Lehman Brothers. Yeah. Wasn't a guy named Richard Fold. Fold. Richard Fold. F-U-L-D. And by the way, Lehman because Brothers. Because Margin calls a fictional account. Yeah. you mm, Right. Uh, before it went bye-bye, it had $613 billion in debts and an undetermined amount of assets because you couldn't put a value on these 
mortgages and other things that they had. Uh, and by the way, it was the fourth largest investment bank in the world. So do I think it's a movie worth watching? Not for those reasons, because you can watch Titanic if you want to see a disaster. I mean, uh, this is This important. is a different kind of disaster. Yeah, this is important lessons. I, it's a well, fascinating number of lessons. Really, I think, as you said, Don, so that you can be a more informed consumer and know what Wall Street really is trying to do to you. Yeah, the story is loosely based on the crash of Lehman Brothers. That Lehman Brothers made some bets. Big bets. Big bets on mortgages. And it turned out that many of these mortgages were liar loans, as they called them at the time, where people took out mortgages and they really didn't qualify for them and they couldn't make payments. Remember, everybody started foreclosing. Mm -hmm. many for I had many friends who were flipping houses, buying multiple houses, all on huge, huge loans, and they lost a fortune. They lost a fortune. And as this began to unravel, the investment firms came to the shocking realization that they might be in trouble, as illustrated in this fictional scene from the movie Margin Call. Oh, Mr. Sullivan, you're here. Good morning. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on here. And please, speak as you might to a young child or a golden retriever. It wasn't brains that got me here, I can assure you of that. Well, as you probably know, over the last 36 to 40 months, the firm has begun packaging new MBS products that combine several different tranches of rating classification in one tradable security. Uh, this has been enormously profitable, as I imagine you noticed. I have. Well, the firm is currently doing a considerable amount of this business every day. Now, the problem, which is, I guess, why we are here tonight, is that it takes us, uh, the firm, about a month to layer these products correctly, thereby posing a challenge from a risk management standpoint. And Mr. Sullivan, that challenge is? Well, we have to hold these assets on our books longer than we might ideally like to. Yes. But the key factor here is these are essentially just mortgages. So that has allowed us to push the leverage considerably beyond what you might be willing or allowed to do in any other circumstance, thereby pushing the risk profile without raising any red flags. And Mr. Sullivan, what does your model say that that means for us here? Well, sir, if those assets decrease by just 25% and remain on our books, that loss would be greater than the current market capitalization of this entire company. So, what you're telling me is that the music is about to stop. And we're going to be left holding the biggest bag of odorous excrement ever assembled in the history of capitalism. And, and it sort of went on from there and, and kept getting worse and worse. But in essence, this was the event that took Lehman Brothers down in a fictional accounting of that event. Yeah, and I guess the reason why we watch and by the way i some of the speeches in there having watched this now i think three times i i find them <laughs> he's memorized the entire script. well i find them fat i mean there's one where john told 
The CEO says there are three ways to make a living in this business. He's referring again to the money business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. Well, it <laughs> says it right there. He does yeah. say in the he does say in the film that I don't cheat, which hmm, he kind of does actually. Is well, but you know that's along, the but, funny thing. That's the, and we find that with the brokerage industry, uh, the, the the people who are calling themselves investment advisors. Oh yeah, we're fiduciaries. People don't believe they cheat. It's somebody else who's cheating. Yeah, they're you know mm-hmm. okay. I I just sold you a loaded fund because because I. I well, I, I, I'll give you the argument. This is a great one. I went to a car dealer yesterday. I'm looking at either selling a car that I bought out of a lease at a profit or buying and trading it for another car that? and actually, and actually getting that. money back That's and crazy. actually getting money back. So I went to a, a Honda dealer to look at a CRV yeah. and the, the, uh, the dealer gave me this convoluted, complicated, ridiculous deal where they were playing games with the numbers. And I talked to the guy on the phone and I said, you're, I hate the car business. I said, I hate it. Why do you lie? You lied on all these things. No, we didn't. We're just trying to make a living here. And we're just trying to make a buck. We're just trying to support our family. So it's, it's, it's the all's fair in love and war kind of thing. Hey, it's business, just business. Well, he says that John told says that in the movie, it's just money. It's made up pieces of paper with pictures on it. So we don't have to kill each other just to get something to eat. Then he goes on and says, it's not wrong. It's no different than it's ever been. Then he races through all these years of other economic crises. I don't know if I should say 1637, 1797, 1819. I guess we can ask Paul about some of these. 1837, 1857, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 1987, then he uses a little vernacular. Didn't that one blank me up good? 1992, 97, 2000, and whatever we want to call this, it's all the same thing over and over again. We can't help ourselves. It's fascinating. Right. Truly. Right. Yeah. And yet, and yet Wall Street firms run these soft focused sunset oh, yeah. on the beach ads about how much we care about our clients. We care about you, the little people. When in fact, this scene in which two traders, one is a senior trader and one is a new rookie trader, in which the two of them talk about what is about to happen to their firm, how it's about to go out of business, and the younger trader, actually with a smidgen of a conscience, he hasn't lost it yet, says, well, how will this affect people? This is really going to affect people. Yeah, it's going to affect people like me. Well, real, real people. Jesus, Seth. Listen, if you really want to do this with your life, you have to believe you're necessary, and you are. People want to live like this and their cars and their big f-ing houses they can't even pay for, then you're necessary. The only reason that they all get to continue living like kings is because we've got our fingers on the scales in their favor. I take my hand off, when then the whole world gets really f-ing fair really f-ing quickly and nobody actually wants that. They say they do, but they don't. They want what we have to give them, but they also want to, you know, play innocent and pretend they have no idea where it came from. Well, that's more hypocrisy than I'm willing to swallow. And the bottom line is they don't really care how it affects people because you're, most of you, I'm sorry, are are any of you um, 100 million plus heirs or billionaires? I doubt it. That's the people they're they're working to, to help. Them. Not you with, you know, a half a million dollars in your 401k. They don't want to help you. They want to take advantage of you to help those other 
guys. Yeah, and and one of them, I think John Told admits later in the film when he's arguing with his chief trader, you're one of the luckiest guys in the world. You could have been digging ditches all these years. And the trader said, that's true. And if I had, at least there'd be some holes in the ground to show for it, uh, which I find another fascinating line. Okay, but what other than the what's entertainment the, what's value? What's the bottom line? Well, oh, I the entertainment value it, was high, by yeah, the way. I think it is. It, I was, think it's it was an inside baseball kind of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it is. But, but the acting is terrific. The acting Sorry. is terrific. It's dramatic. Kevin, a, Kevin it's why did story. you have to yeah, go and yeah. mess up your little personal life? I know. Sad because doofus. he's so very good actor. Okay. But for me, when I watch it, what I realize, what you just said, Don, Wall Street is not your friend. Wall Street is not in business for you. They are in business for themselves. They do not mm-hmm. put your interest first. So how do you protect yourself? Well, number number one, I still think this is so true in today's world again, because I can sell you a love Ukrainian war bond that makes 11%. Seriously, 11%. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah, Which is far more than gonna, the U.S. securities are paying. Who knows if they're going to pay? Well, exactly. So always with your money, know what you're trying to accomplish. What is he saying? Well, some money might be short-term. Some money might be long-term. Don't get caught up in new things, new ideas. This is how people got burned badly in 2000. They got caught up in the excitement. As you said, Don, they had many mortgages or they bought a product that had made a lot of money the previous couple of years. I got to get into that. That is generally a problem. Number two, and I think this is critical. You know, we had had somebody call the show last week and say, why are you guys in a 60-40 portfolio with bonds? Because bonds don't work. What you need is Mm non-traded REITs. Mm -hmm. which are not a substitute for bonds in any way, shape, or form. But what he does make a good point about is not the bonds versus real estate. You should be diversified. People that got in and got upside down fast in 2007, 2008, they were not, right? They had individual stocks. They got too much real estate. They bought into some fancy mortgage plan that was going to make them a lot of money. So that's number two. Number three, I get. we said this many, many times, and it's no more true than it is in this film. If it appears to be good, too good to be true, yeah, it is. There yeah. is no magic bullet. There is no magic product that could save you. And I guess at the end of the day, because here's what happens with most people, they get sold things. They don't buy them. They they will talk maybe on the next podcast about this. They get sold by people that they know and trust for various reasons. Or they run into somebody or their friend tells it they, they, they're not in the market to build a portfolio for themselves. They get in the market, they have money and they say, what am I going to do? And they run into someone who says, this is really what you need. Don't be sold things, buy them. That's what the well, difference and, and is. And for many years, both of us on various shows and podcasts have been trying to convince our listeners to avoid collateralized mortgage obligations, collateralized debt obligations, because anything that promises you what they promised you, which was higher returns than the market with less risk, because we've magically re-engineered a security. We've taken a security that pays 7% and we've re-engineered it to pay 12. How do you do that? That's alchemy. That's not science. Uh, and that's what you have. You have to avoid anything that you look at and you go, and then th- this really should be the test. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Thank you. I can and tell you, you to run that I one predict, great clip. Yeah, go ahead. I predict that the thing, the next thing that is going to mess up a lot of people's financial life and, and really harm the economy for a while are cryptocurrencies. Oh, I, I, I really believe they're the agree. next thing. 
And yeah. you used to run that one great clip of the fund manager who was speaking on a CNBC interview who said, we have the long, short, dot, 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 designed to make money oh, this yeah. way and that money. <laughs> it's fa- fascinating. That's what Wall Street is trying to sell you. And that's what you should run away screaming from. No question. They can't do it. They cannot do it. And in addition to running screaming from, you should uh, run carefully and calmly to your telephone or to your computer and ask us questions at TalkingRealMoney.com or by calling 855-935-TALK, which, by the way, you can call that number on Saturdays between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern or noon to 2 Pacific and ask us questions live in a conversational format. Someone who will actually answer the phone at that point. Yeah, yeah, we'll actually answer the phone. And and unless you call right close to the top of the hour, you won't get put on hold for a while. Okay. I got questions for you that we're sending to Talking Real Money. Go ahead. Let's take one. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to this all day. I got it. Oh, I Mm -hmm. know. I know you could hardly wait. And by the way, this one comes to us Uh from the great state of North Dakota. Well, that's so funny because uh, we just read a magazine of the hundred places that will change your life. And one of them was... South Dakota. And I read it to my daughter and I said, it doesn't say change it to the better or worse, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> Just says change it. So and, I think South Dakota, they were promoting the Badlands, which I've never been to. So you've, you, what? Not nah, because I'm kind of a good, I'm a good person. I wouldn't go to a place called you've Badlands. You've never been to the Badlands? No, seriously? Never, no, seriously. No, oh my no. gosh. I, I love the Badlands. Okay. It's right well, next to- Well, you're more on the dark side than I am. It makes sense. Well, but then you got the Goodlands, which are the, uh, the mountains there right next to the Badlands. Anyway, they were made number- 75 or something so congratulations right. good for that. good place anyway yeah. this is from north dakota okay that doesn't that that is pretty much north dakota flat it's it's cold and flat. i've been through north dakota it's i have too actually yeah fargo mm-hmm. that's dakota. where my brother used to be posted so the a tree chipper <laughs> should have been anyway he'd uh, still be employed if he was <laughs> put it that way Here's our question. Uh, Here's your question, Thomas. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are both 40 years old. And this is an aside from Don. Oh, don't I wish. Uh, (laughs) We make 215 to 235K a year and are always on the border uh, about being able to contribute to our Roth IRAs because of our income. We have third, we save 13% of our income for retirement. We have 350 in traditional IRAs, 200 in Roths. 130 in a taxable brokerage account and 120 in his 401k, my 401k. That you went pretty couple, fast. Is that like 700,000 somewhere in that area? Three, five, you 50, kinda, six, you, seven, eight, oh, eight okay. and change. Wow. It's great at 40. Terrific. I have the option to contribute to my 401k in traditional or Roth. couple of questions for you. And I'm going to give you each question. Okay. Should I be contributing to my Roth? traditional or a combination? And how will I calculate that? You know, that is a hard question because I'd really have to look at your full tax return to try to make that judgment. Remember, if you put it into a Roth, the bet you're making is that your tax rate will be lower when you get older than it is today. I think I have that right, right? Because you're, you take, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be taking, yeah, if you if take you the deduction. It- yeah. If you take the, if your tax rate is high today, take the deduction and put it in the pre-tax. Yeah, correct. Right. If you're, if you expect, if you're a great saver and you're in your forties and you already have almost a million dollars and you're probably going to have three or four or 5 million and tax rates are where they are or higher, you're probably going to be better off in the Roth. 
Yeah. So there's really no right or wrong. Hey, I, I actually, at age 40, I kind of like the breaking it up, do some pre-tax, some post-tax. I like the idea of having distinct pools or buckets, if you will, of money at retirement that you can draw on with different tax consequences. That does make sense. Yeah. So there's your, that really, that, that, that's the second question too, is in an ideal situation, what would be in Roth traditional? There is no really ideal situation. We're just big believers in, uh, in balancing, you know, we don't know what the mm-hmm. future is going to bring and it really is totally dependent. The decision is totally dependent on something we can't know. And when you think about that for a minute, that's life. That's life. It, it's so funny because, and I'm going to go off on an aside a little bit because yesterday, Debbie and I were looking at cars and she goes, well, cause right now our big V8 SUV is worth like $7,000 more than I paid to buy it out of the lease. <laughs> Still can't get over that. And so she's going, this is my wife. She's really analytical, but she's going, okay, so you think it would be better to wait because you can't, and here's the problem. You can't get yeah. a new car. They're almost impossible oh, to get. Oh, you can get it. I'm I'm getting one in, I think, 2024 or something now. So. Right, right. But I mean one now. So oh, I see. To drive. She's going, because if, if we buy it now, then we get the higher price for the, uh, yeah. for the right. Armada. Mm-hmm. But if we wait, she's saying maybe there'll be more cars. I said, yeah, but then maybe we'll get less for the Armada. So you don't know. We make decisions based on today. And that's the way our decisions have to be made. We can make guesses about the future, but we cannot make absolutely correct decisions if there is any future event that is part of that process. I think that that's very well put. Yeah, I think it's very well put. I mean, going back to the movie for a moment, I believe John told at one point says, the only reason I'm in this chair, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm good at sort of predicting what is next. So he's probably made a couple lucky guesses along the way right, about I was when to say- invest. It worked out. They're like, this guy's really smart. Let's let him run the place. And we know how far he ran it right into the ground eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. He kind of ended up out of work for a while. Yeah. he. I just went and looked. Actually, I was kind of curious. He did start another firm. Nothing like, of course, mm-hmm. what, what he'd been in. But yeah, he did. All right. Well. Is that it for the questions? We're going to leave I it have another one if you want it. We if it's quick, we could do it. I think it's quick. I think it's quick. Uh here here we go. Oh, plus it has a little crypto in it. Okay. Uh <laughs> hello Tom and Don. Thank you very much for the very helpful information you provide. Although you haven't moved my confidence in Bitcoin. And he says in parentheses, everyone is entitled to be wrong occasionally, LOL. We'll see who's wrong. Uh, I continue to tweak my equity bond position based on what I've learned from you both. I am hoping you can provide a little information to help on a question of mine. I just compared the annual returns listed on Vanguard between VT and VTI. VTI has out <laughs> this question. I love it. VTI has outperformed VT for the one, three, five, and ten years by about four percent annually and over 1% when comparing the annual returns over the life of each fund. Additionally, though very small, the VTI expense ratio is less than half of the VT ratio. When is it you predict VT will outperform VTI? I think we just talked about that. Okay, now VT, I'm always, VT is the global, right? That is a right. global. VTI century. is the U.S. And VTI, VTI is is the U.S. Is the US yeah, correct. okay. So it excludes international. Right. Yeah. You know why? Okay. 
So the question at hand is really at the end of the day, when will those internationals start making more money than the U.S.? Well, you don't have to wait. They've already made more money because they haven't lost as much money as the U.S. market this year. So this last, wow, this whopping nearly three months of performance, Don, things like international value stocks have done better. Actually, emerging markets because Russia's Stop. Oh, can't take Russia. No, I mean, in all seriousness, really, the idea that we could sort of tell you when to stop one and start the other is silly. We just said we couldn't predict the future. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this looking back to 1970 and actually further with a few of the asset classes. But in a global portfolio, you've actually outperformed the S&P 500 by one to two percent annually over mm-hmm. that period of time. Does it happen mm-hmm. every year? No. Does Mm-mm. it happen every decade? No. Mm-mm. Does it happen in the long term? Maybe. I don't really know what the future will hold, but I I have my money diversified. And by the way, I think all you have to do is look at the war to say those people that got heavily invested in Russia and they existed or get heavily invested in any one place, maybe the United States cost themselves over time. By the way, speaking of Bitcoin, I know some great places you can take those rubles and turn them into Bitcoin. So there's an opportunity. Uh, so I, I just, I think it's a silly question. As people ask me, by the way, what is 10 years enough time for performance? Remember the great Nobel prize winning economist, Gene Fama said, anything less than 10 years is noise. He's going to tell you to look back to the twenties, give it the most time, not recent appearance. So I don't that all the numbers you just gave me, they they're to me, they're irrelevant. They do not matter. Well, but let me explain why they're irrelevant, because there's a very good reason. One, VTI has a history that goes back to 1992. VT has a history that only goes back to 2008. So you can't compare the all time history. But here's here's the real rub from 2010 until 2020 something. 2021. Yep. The U.S. market, particularly the large cap U.S. stocks, the S&P 500 kind of stocks, dramatically outperformed everything else out there for that 10, 12 year period, 10, 11 year period. However, the period that doesn't show up in VT Hmm. was the period between 2000 and 2010. And guess what? During that, yeah, during that period, how much, how much better? Did an international, a global portfolio do than a U.S. S&P 500 I portfolio? Think, I think uh, uh, like 6% a year. 8%. 8% a year. A year. Wow, better. Crazy. Yeah. So there you because go. Because the, the international, por- the global portfolio returned about 7% per year. I just, again, I don't, those arguments are good, but here's my argument. I think putting your money where the value of companies exist is just a good thing to do because we don't know which company would be better than another. We don't know which country will be better than another. I'm just saying, put it out there for all those firms. And over time, you'll get, as you said, Don, kind of the return of the global economy, which has an upward trend to it. That's, I think, a better bet, frankly. And and here, I'm just going to be, I I love that you listen. I love that you think most of what we say is helpful. (laughs) We'll take that. But, but here's, my my critique of, of you a little bit, sir. You're a gambler. I, I know that just from reading your letter. You are a gambler because you're looking for the right time to buy and sell. 
That makes you a gambler. There, there must come a day in your investing life, and I don't know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're younger if you've got a lot of crypto. There will come a day in your investing life when you go, oh, I just can't keep doing this, unless you're incredibly lucky. But eventually, every gambler, whether they believe they're a gambler or not, loses. And if you're in Bitcoin, you're a gambler. And if you really want to make a gamble, I mentioned the Ukrainian war bonds at 11% or uh, there's a lot of firms trying to unload Russian stocks right now. Maybe you could get into a few of those. There's opportunity exists as well. Those are hard to. Yeah. yeah, No. Yeah. 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 When they nationalize. If we're done with the questions, I do have a couple of questions. What? I've got questions. You're continuing the podcast? I'm continuing the podcast because I'm going to ask you the questions You never do. This you time. always want to get out of here. I Well, I do. Lunch is waiting. But in this case, I'm going to, I've got the questions. Okay. You ready? Folks, this is a twist that I was not expecting. I know. I did not tell him I was doing this. I've got mm-hmm. questions. Okay. When For me? are you going? Well, I just, these are rhetoric. Oh, what is my favorite color? What uh, is close. the well, carrying weight speed of, of a European s- swallow? No, flying speed of a swallow. It's would the carrying the, capacity. No, is that would that be the North America, the North, the African no, the, or North European, or whatever? European. Close. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when are you going to retire? What uh, are you going know. to do? What are you going to do when you retire? Uh, Where ooh. are you going to live when you retire? How are you going to either. live when you so retire? So these aren't real questions for me? No. Well, you could answer, but I prefer you not. Okay. The reason I ask these questions, because I think they're good <laughs> questions, and I think we yeah. do answer them for you. Oh, this you is getting this now? You see where I'm heading here? I know where you're going. Okay. So if mm-hmm. you're in the Northwest, come and see us on Saturday, May 14th in Bellevue for Retire Me 2022. We answer these questions. And if you're not, if you're outside of the area, join us online. It's going to be a produced, can I say it? Production. Anyway, uh, I think it's through YouTube or something. So you can see all the speakers. and Dancers. <laughs> Oops, I didn't work. Oh, I haven't written that check. I got to get my money back from Jim Zorn. I'll see if I can get the dancers. But wonderful speakers answering these exact questions about retirement. It's not just the money. There's a lot of other things. So go to Retire Meet, M-E-E-T, despite what Don says. And I guess you, you can go, go to M-E-A-T. It works. <laughs> it sounds odd. But sign up. It By the way, the virtual is free. Can't beat the price. And the in-person is very, very inexpensive. And it includes, as Don points out in his local advertising, a tremendously delicious and rewarding lunch. So join us. Retire me Saturday, May 14th. It is a good lunch. Yeah. Okay. It's yummy. That That was good promotion, huh? That roast beef. Oh, yeah, retire meat spelled either way.com. I already reserved um, you the veg Vegemite sandwich. Oh, so I don't want that vegetable thing. No, no. Vegemite. Vegemite. Oh, sandwich. yeah. Come on. We're not a bunch of Australians. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. I want I want some yeast on bread. I can't I asked somebody once who's a native. They're like, no, it's delicious. I said, No, it's like okay. yeast. Okay, go ahead. Smear a little yeast on your yeasty bread. <laughs> can't have too much yeast. <laughs> Anyway, join us. It'll be a great day. Last You'll enjoy but not it. yeast. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. All right. We're going to go. We're going to go. We got we to gotta go. We got to go because we do a live show tomorrow. And remember, we do a live show on Saturdays. So you can call live, 855-935-TALK. And for two hours, we sit around hanging out with you, talking real money. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. And to keep the lawyers happy.